Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You're very welcome along to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan. I'm delighted to be joined by my two compadres, Niall McIntyre and Lee Costello. Boys, how are we doing? Good, Darren. I can't complain. Good, Darren. Good. Yeah, another exciting uh, weekend of league football anyway. And I suppose the story of the campaign, story of last weekend anyway, and probably last couple of weeks, loud. Mickey Hart weaving his magic as usual. Uh, had a tough start to league. We're unlucky. But lads, they've been absolutely flying and there is a very slim, but it is a possibility that they might get promoted. Well, well isn't it great that they have the, the chance and the, like you can only imagine the excitement that's going to be around loud this whole week. Like when they're thinking, you know, with, with a game against Dublin, this is win or bust, like and we have a chance here. Um, you know, Mickey Park took over loud and they were in Division 4, they're... they're one that won that that was the COVID year, split it with Antrim, and then um, won Division Three last year, beat Limericks back up this year, Division Two, and lose the first two games. And you're thinking, do you know this could be? Do you know this could be a bit of? We could be in a bit of bother here, but um, no panic. And do you know they've won four on the bounce now, um, and even Sam Mulray injured last last week, and there's other lads stepping up. There's an even spread of scores. Tommy Dernan is a man on fire and was was given a standing ovation uh, when he went off the field the other day. So, um, yeah, Mickey is working his magic. Yeah, it's unbelievable, to be fair. And like Niall said, to come up, lose your first two league games and it didn't really knock a stir off him. Do you know, they've just kind of gone from strength to strength. Um, I suppose, like, um, they're a great example for other teams what can be done when you buy in. And like that, they've had a bit of a blow with... Sam Mulroy um, being out injured and obviously Conor Grimes going off the last day, hopefully. I'm not sure how good or bad the injury is, but hopefully he might be able to play some part against Dublin. But uh, look, do you know what? It adds a bit of excitement. Uh, there's another team in the mix. They're going in the right direction. They're playing good stuff. Um, so it's all positively. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially because, you know, when this campaign started, we just thought Dublin were a sure thing. They're definitely the team that's going to walk this league. They're going to get promoted. The question was, who will get promoted with them? But it was sort of role reversal with Derry became that team and now Dublin are still under a bit of threat. They still, It's probably good for them too, to a certain degree, that they've got, you know, competitive football still left, you know, right to the end of the league because they'll need it going into Leinster. Um, just, I'm really happy for Mickey Hart, genuinely, because I think he got, a hard time towards the end of his tenure at Tyrone, you know, like the the pitchforks were out, you know, like the people in Tyrone sort of they had enough. They felt like they were just sort of done with that style of football. And then when you hear the players now that he's left, like players like Darren McCurry even came out and said he wouldn't have came back if Mickey Hart was in charge for another year and stuff. But you're not going to get that with like a, a much smaller county in, in the sense that like, like, and it's no disrespect to anyone, but Mickey Hart is the biggest star in that whole county nearly, you know, like he was more famous than any of them players, sort of. So he getting the buy-in was probably the easiest thing. And then, because he got it so totally, um, like full commitment, full pelt, what he says goes, they're just getting the best of it. And you look at other teams that definitely, it looks like the buy-in, you know, Ray, Ray Dempsey obviously had an issue there. Um, the, When you don't get that buy-in, it's it can be disastrous. But 
now they're fully committed to it and he'll have them boys convinced that they can get the win on Dublin like he, he, he's brilliant at his man management and building confidence and it'd be great to see like yeah it is and like you said buy-in confidence they're just they're going about it the right way and like I suppose Division 3 and Division 4 like there's so much to play for at the moment in all the divisions it's just um it's going to make for a great last weekend. Obviously, we get to, to Division 1 uh, later, Niall, but a uh, couple of big big results down in Division 3 as well. Yeah, um, yeah, been a huge one in uh, Division 4. Um, Leitrim beating, beating Leash. It was a, a must-win for, for Leitrim after they'd lost um, the last round. And, you know, it was tight. With an hour gone, the, the teams were level. And, you know, these two teams level like level on points now and very tight, vying for promotion. Um, Keith Burns stepped up at a forty-five and a free, and Mark Plunkett scored a brilliant point um, late on as well. So, you know, a huge, huge win for Leitrim keeps them alive. They've a blockbuster game um, next weekend against Sligo, so they're their biggest rivals, their their neighbours. Um, the teams went to the penalty shootout in the Talchin Cup last year. So this is uh, obviously it's 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 actually a must win. Like you'd you'd t- think Sligo when they're clear on ten points, you think they'd you know you think they'd have enough done, and they're going to get into the final. But um, as it turns out, if they lose to Leitrim and Leash, who, who are playing uh, London, and you'd expect them to beat London, then when it comes down to points difference, Sligo will actually be out. So it's a bit of a do you know, it's all going to be very exciting in Division 4, four next weekend. Um, so, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's good to have all these divisions and so much play for and like that. There was a couple of um, upsets, maybe. Would we call them upsets in Division 3, Lee? Um, so, a lot to play for there as well. And maybe an unexpected... Uh, I thought it was an unexpected win by Antrim at home yeah. to Cavan. Things weren't going well um, in Antrim. But that's a big result. No, it's massive for Manor getting another big win. Yeah, like and I, I think I said last week that Andy McIntyre was under pressure, so that's what I get. Uh, he comes straight yeah. out. He obviously listens to the podcast. You don't learn from me. Never make predictions. No, no. it just doesn't work out for anyone. <laughs> um, but I, I was really expecting Antrim to have a big season because I thought Andy McGinley had got them into sort of a good, uh, you know, steady situation. Like they, they looked a strong team. They. Uh, they were unearthing sort of lots of new players and Annie McEntee obviously had great success with me people because of the way it ended people sort of forget how it started you know I think he got them into division one and stuff and he's obviously a, a really good manager so I was hoping he would bring some sort of stability to them uh, and I guess yesterday we've finally seen the best of them it was a high scoring game Calvin are flying I think they're already you know got promoted uh, they'll be really you know, like they'll be big contenders in, in in Ulster Championship this year. So for Antrim to even just mentally get that over the line, and it's it always helps to get a win over an Ulster team as well. Um, you know, the, just it means first of all securing their status in Division Three, massive because if they hadn't went down, like I mean, I don't know, it it have been it have been disastrous, and there's no other word for it. Um, so yeah, please for Antrim, and, and happy to see Annie McIntyre getting getting the job done. Yeah, and obviously Fermanagh then beaten uh, Westmead. So they're on a great run of form as well, uh, Niall. So like that, lots to play for again uh, next week in Division 3. So um, yeah, it's it's exciting and it's, it's good to have 
these games. Pity we don't see more of them, to be fair, but um, that's an argument for another day. We won't go there today. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's all good. It's all exciting. A lot of teams coming into form at the right time. And I suppose a few teams maybe probably starting to get a bit worried about the form going into the championship. Only one round left. Um, some teams wrote very quickly. I think it's kind of weird. Can't really wrap my head around it that the league ends and championship happens so soon. And so I think it is going to be one of these things that we'll never be happy with it. Um, But like, I can't figure out a lot of teams. Are they trying to peak? Are they just playing poor? Or is it a master plan? I'm doing rabbit ears here as well, by the way. Um, And so, look, we'll go up to Division 1. And one of them teams, Armagh. So, Galway and Armagh the weekend. Armagh have just been really poor this league. uh, Compared to what, I suppose, what we were expecting to see from them. Um, So, they were kind of... Free, free spirit last year playing attacking football lovely forwards and this year it's just ugly um, on the other hand Galway I think have probably shown that they have that they've got more depth I think that was one worry I would have had about Galway last year they didn't think their squad was strong enough I thought when they were looking to bring fellas off the line off the bench there wasn't much coming on um, but they've added a few bodies obviously Shane Walsh and Comer missing a lot of the league You'd say it's a it's a bad thing, but it was actually a great thing for them. The boys got a break. Obviously, Comer's injured, but Shane got a break. And then you fellas standing up, and we've mentioned the lads before, but they're in a really, really good place at the moment compared to Armagh. Um, so, like, Armagh are in danger of going down next weekend as well. Their form just isn't good. They're playing a Tyrone team who are after turning it around the last couple of weeks. But um, the game the weekend... It was very poor, and I, I don't know where to start with it. It was, I just can't make out. I just can't make Armagh out at the moment. Yeah, Armagh were probably the most exciting team in the championship last year, and this year it's kind of gone completely the other way. They're extremely defensive. There's a lot of caution in their play. Um, I suppose it's it's best summed up nearly by the fact that Reen O'Neill is back in his midfield, even in his defence for a lot of the a lot of the game. He's barely getting his hands on the ball. Um like Armagh but just remembering and looking back on matches last summer, you know, you can just you can think of the ball being kicked in. And it was an exciting kind of there was a bit of a there was something different about their attack and play did diagonal balls, all this. This year it's just everyone back def- defending and you know it's not, and it's not working for them. Like it was, they were they were winning at half time, but they had a gale at their backs. And you know, Galway were they were they were losing, but they were they were calm, and they didn't seem to be too worried about Armagh. And you know, they were able to turn them over then in the second half. Um, you'd be just yeah, I'd say Armagh fans are frustrated watching that now because there would have been a lot of um, optimism coming into this year, but. It's just yeah, even, it's, uh, even, it's not good. Uh, even the goal they got, um there was talks with it, whether it was a foul, but I think the goalie has to be stronger there. He just got kind of got nudged in by his arse. Um there was nothing in but that, that's what a high ball does. It causes panic. Mm-hmm. Like you've someone like Reen O'Neill, Mernon and they're big men, but they're not just big awkward lumps. They're 
good footballers. And look, Rean O'Neill has been kicking a couple of buttes from out the field. But you're not going to win many games on them, or you're definitely not going to win championships on a couple of outrageous scores. Yeah. They'll make the highlight reels, they'll look great, but that's not what you want. You want him getting them scores inside the 30 yard line where he's tapping them all for fun. Um, percentage shots instead of him getting two maybe three worldies from 45 yards you want him getting six and seven tap overs even punch him over the bar Dark Canavan's doing it for Tyrone yeah. on a regular basis um, but yeah I just I find it quite confusing obviously they were doing so much so well last year they have great talent up there even my own buddy Donahue's involved and I look maybe he doesn't have much in it but it's not a style of football I I expect him to want to be playing and you know like his his game is all about like basketball style movements and whatever it yeah. was funny I was actually listening to uh, the commentary and Eamon Fitzmaurice mentioned scenarios and that was always a big one with Donahue when we were training he'd always mention scenarios and games he'd be there you know over a couple of points down there's 10 minutes to go what scenario will we do so yeah look I, I actually think a lot of their players just look frustrated to be honest it, it doesn't seem like a style that enjoyable for them um, maybe the plan has been to show a different side of a game that they can be more defensive uh, Lee I don't know but I don't think they've kicked on from what they were doing last year No it, it actually looks like they've re- regressed if anything um, and what was worrying too is that like that long ball that uh, resulted in the goal like that came from Ethan Rafferty and so much of their like it used to be Ethan Rafferty last year was like a bonus of a of an attack attacking option, you know, running deep and and kicking uh, great scores and long balls and but now he's like one of the only few that actually do it. And you know, when your goalkeeper is your main threat or one of them, like it, things are maybe a concern. And they talk about setting up defensively to be more sound. Like I, they've scored something like two goals this league campaign or something, and they've been really poor in that front. Uh, they're still conceding at the other end, so you know I don't see well, what what point. You know, when's the give and take here? Is like the defensive thing, we're actually leaking more um, and we're not getting the best out of things going forward. Sean Kavanagh really ripped into them um, on the League of Sunday. He, he just, he thinks the answer is just so obvious and like let the forwards be forwards and kick the ball to them and, and, and sort of push on from last year rather than ripping up the script and trying to go backwards. Uh, if they're trying to do, like we're, we're giving, in fairness, you know, we give Mayo a lot of praise, you know, for... Um, getting a good balance of a kicking style and a running game. You know, they did sort of change the script a little and get the best of both worlds. And maybe that's what Armagh are trying to do and they just don't have, I don't know whether it's the organisation or the, it's it's not coming off for them anyway. And like, if they were to take one thing from Mayo, we were talking about it all fair, like all they had to do, not not all they had to do, but one of their big factors this year was leaving Aidan O'Shea up front, getting the best out of him. And like, it just it just makes so much sense to do the same for Ray O'Neill. And why they're not doing it is, it's it's head scratching and it's frustrating and no, no one here is an Armagh supporter but it's still annoying to watch yeah I think it is like that it is annoying to watch and whenever I see a team doing this it just cries out to me that he doesn't trust the defenders that they have so he doesn't trust the defence but and I can near I'm very much a, if you have six forwards to play six forwards to go attacking I'm, I'm one of these old school I'm a forward Defend? What's that? I don't do that. I'm a forward. Um, I like that style. But uh, I can get sacrificing your two wing forwards. That's the game now. It is. Your two wing forwards have to be like wing backs. They have to be up and down. They have to be at a cover. 
and when you lose the ball, they go back and they shut out the middle. Um, but they're sacrificing all their forwards. Yeah. I, I don't think they're getting anything positive out of any of their forwards at the moment. And we don't have to go through them individually again, but you could be rounding off names there and they're capable of winning games on their own, you know. Uh, but just the style of play at the moment, um, it's not nice to watch. It's it's boring to watch. And my thing is, I think they could be wasting a good opportunity to go to the next level. And right, McGinney mightn't trust his defenders. That's all it's crying out to me is, I don't trust my defence. That's why we're gone so negative. But he hasn't got that balance right. For me, that balance would be your, you get your two wing forwards and you get two defensive-minded players who can travel distance. And as soon as you lose the ball, they get their arse back and they're kind of between the wing back and the centre back. And they're just blocking off that middle section. So the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to concede a couple of long-range scores or whatever, but you're blocking the middle. So you're stopping the goals. And at least then when you do turn them off, you have bodies up and you can transition. And they have very, obviously good footballers, they're very athletic guys, big, strong guys. And if you have them running from deep, they'll cause anyone trouble. So, ah, look, it's just frustrating. I think, like you said, we just want, I was looking forward to them this year. I thought they were going to kick on. They had a good year last year. I thought mm. next year. But who knows? Look, I don't know how a lot of these teams are actually approaching the league. I think it's been quite yeah. confusing this year. Mm-hmm. But on a Galway point of view, obviously they've carry next weekend. They've been very impressive. Um, I think they. I think Joyce would be very happy with what he's got out of the league. He has an opportunity to get to a league final, which I think they should be going all out for. Um, obviously, they have a bye in the first round, um, so they'll have an extra bit of a break. The Mayo, it's an opportunity to get back into Crow Park, win silverware, get that habit. It's habit. It's winning. Getting into Crow Park, it's winning games in Crow Park. Um, a brilliant opportunity for them but like I said they've got what they've wanted out of the league they've they've developed a ticker squad it's a lot deeper um, a lot of lads have stood up and done really well um, and even they've actually been able to free Sean Kelly out of the full back line as well which I think is a huge addition to them so um, yeah and like that they didn't I think it was 20 odd minutes till they scored yesterday Niall but they looked calm there was no panic yeah um, yeah yeah, they, they, they're going in the right direction. They seem to be, like I said, getting everything that they should be getting out of the league. That was probably the most impressive thing about it was that even though, you know, Armagh were winning, Gaul were behind, they weren't panicking. You know, everything was fairly calm. Like, we know what we're doing here. We're going to have a win in the second half. We'll be okay. And, you know, eventually it did. It did. You know, the game went their way and it was men like, you know, Shane Walsh was... He's back and he just makes such a difference. Like he mightn't be ripping it up in terms of scoring, but he's just so clever in these little kind of moves he makes when he gets the ball, brings other lads into it. And, you know, I'd say of all the teams in, in the league, Galway would be and Port Joyce would be as happy as anyone. Because as you said, Darren, they've, they've found a, a, a few new players. Other lads have stepped up. Like we've been talking about Matthew Tierney the whole way through this league campaign. Dylan McHugh, Sweeney, these boys are all kicking on and you know you've Walsh and Comer and they're kind of they just look like like last year they obviously got to the other in the final but they look like they've improved and there's an extra sort of a confidence and I, I think that showed it there yesterday like they kind of just took it as it came Armagh were 
kind of camping and parking the bus and Galway were just like like we're going to beat you eventually and, and they did like so that was uh very impressive from them yeah and a player um just before we move on johnny heaney he's always mr reliable for him but he is uh he's playing really well as well he kicked two i think the first point of the game was actually a beautiful score and he got another one more or less straight after as well so the likes of um like obviously they have these new players coming in that are stepping to the mantle but then you have fellas like johnny heaney who probably doesn't get mentioned enough because no. he's just so solid and consistent all the time. You know, you're just getting it out of him. Um, so, yeah, no, look, I think Galway will be really happy. I think they'll relish the prospect of having Kerry above in Pierce Stadium next weekend. I think it's a great opportunity for him to lay down a marker as well that we're capable of beating you. Putting it in the back of Kerry's mind as well. It's never an easy place to go. Chance to get to a league final. Chance of silver. Yvonne Galway. I am chomping at the bit. I I could I I can never understand a team not going for the league. In terms of you've only three chances silverware, uh, the provincials, Bar Ulster, maybe Connacht, and um, they're not really looked at too favourably anymore. So you've only two really possible chances to climb the steps of the Hogan Stand and click silverware. So if I'm Galway, I'm going all out for it next weekend, laying down a mantle keeping the momentum going um, and yeah I think it'll be laying down a marker to Kerry and all the other teams for later on the championship going into the into the Connacht championship with a lot of confidence as well probably playing Mayo great opportunity to go up against them um, a week is it a week before they play Roscommon so um, it'll be all good and I suppose closer to home for you Lee Tyrone every time we're back. I put yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because uh, they'll lose. They'll lose next weekend then or something. But uh, no, they played really well the weekend. Um, some uh, some really good scores. Obviously, Manning going down to 13 when wasn't ideal, but I think the damage was done. Some of the football Tyrone played with is what we were hoping to see when yeah. we started naming off. Um, some of their players like that, they're getting the best out of their forwards, what aren't at the moment. But even there, like, I just think they have a good balance around the place. Obviously, Derek Hanneman is flying around the place. Matty Donnelly is putting his influence in the game. Darren McCurry, like, that's just, that's your full forward line there. And they're all yeah. very different. And, yeah. you know, they have, a, they have a good balance there now at the moment. They're, they're playing well. Don't like saying it, but they're playing, they played really well the weekend. No, yeah, they, they definitely bring a lot. Um, and they can bring sort of a, uh, they can be diverse in, in how they attack as well. Uh, I think it's very interesting what they're doing. So they start with Matty Donnelly in, in full four, but then he sort of vacates that position. I'm sort of like a, a sweeper role to get more involved with the game. But Are you going to try, try and do what Sean Kavanagh did and he was bringing in a bit of soccer lingo and he was on about false, 14, false 14s and inverted wingers? Yeah, well, I don't know what an inverted winger is, but I'm not going <laughs> to, especially in Gaelic. But well, Matty Donnelly, he, he leaves that space empty and it, it leaves it for Brian Kennedy and Con Kilpatrick because you got these two, man, like, they're absolute mountains of men, you know, they're huge and they love a mismatch. Like, yeah, uh, quite often they're fine, just isolated, maybe one marker, maybe just the goalkeeper. And in Tyrone, when they see that opportunity, they uh, send the ball in long. And when it's not on, you know, then, then that's when they decide to play it through the hands. And they got two goals. The first one came uh, from a penalty, but that was off the back of. Michael McKernan, and I suppose it is a soccer term, he basically crossed it 
like you, one thing you're encouraged not to do, you know, you don't go to the corner and then cross it. Like, but it works so well because Kennedy was isolated in the middle. He got he caught the ball, went for goal, got fouled, led to Peter Hart penalty, and then the second goal was near the opposite. It was Dark Canavan creating uh, space and and really in a, in a really tight area. A lovely little hand pass off to the runner, and Cormac Quinn got a brilliant goal. You know, so that was more runners and through the hand style of play and the two goals were, were crucial in the end. Um I, I just think it's it's so much better watching them. Yeah, because they, they did look lost and, and a little bit disorganized, but now they seem to be finding their feet a little. Uh Kier McGeary, that was his best game in a in a long time. Uh seeing him getting involved in absolutely everything. You talk about those sort of workhorses in the wing ha- or half forward position. He that's he's the epitome of that someone who's just brilliant on the ball and coming deep and, and then carrying it forward. And we're gonna need Everyone sort of to step up and, and, and refine their form. And, and slowly but surely, we're getting it. And the biggest positive for me, though, is definitely Dark Canavan. This is the longest we've had him uh, without injuries. You know, there's a lot of expectations with him. Touch wood, obviously. <laughs> but there's a lot of expectation of him, you know, even unfairly just because of his name. But every time he's sort of been coming onto the Tyrone squad, it's two, three games, then an injury, then he's rushing back and you, you never get a, a bit of momentum for this. He's basically played this whole league campaign and we're finally seeing the best of him. Yeah, he got a, a point yesterday very similar to the one he got against Kerry where he just, he burnt his man, went in and popped it over with the left hand. It's not often you'd be praising um, fisted points, but it was a great score. He he's, he's electric when he has the ball. He has intelligence. He finds these little dinky pockets of space and he always looks for that little pop dinky pass as well into the danger zone. Um, but like we are saying, they just seem to have the good balance at the moment and that um, tactic of bringing Matty Donnelly out in the full forward or one of the midfielders going in, it nearly brought a goal against Kerry as well, that same yeah. tactic. Yeah. Um, I don't know, was it Kilpatrick that day or was it Kennedy? But, um, Ken- Kennedy that day. Was it Kennedy, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it, it is a dangerous one because that's it's wide open and look, it's going back to everything. Put the ball in and mayhem. Yeah, just happens, do you know, because it's the danger. Defensive teams don't want the ball dropping, especially if there's a bit of one on one or two on two, because it could break anywhere. Or like the Armagh game, the goalie isn't strong enough, and actually, you know, it's in the back of the net. So there's so much like it's like when you look at risk reward, the reward is very high and the risk is very low because if you lose it, you're miles from yeah. your own goal anyway. So, um, Niall, from a Monaghan point of view, look, they're looking for. Uh, the Great Escape again. It seems to be a, a running league um, theme for them. But they fought. They've been. They fought hard. But the two red cards were just a disaster. I think McCarran's one. Silly. You're on a booking. Silly foul. It's a real forward kind of silly foul. To be fair, and the Lavelle one, I didn't really get a good look at it. So I don't know. Did he pull across him? Was it a, <clears throat> a legs or what was it? Yeah, it it didn't actually even show the replay on um, TG Cahar and they didn't even show it at all on the Sunday game last night. Um, but you could see it from kind of a distance uh, on the in the game live. He was running back the field, uh, Mark and Myler, neither of them on the ball, like two of them just chasing back. And from what you could see, it was just a tangle between them. Um, but Conor Myler, was, he was raging. Like he was down, he was beating his fist off the ground, uh, and like you were, you're looking at him thinking like this man's after twisting it, like do you know what, doing his ankle, um, 
he was up a few minutes later and he wasn't too bad. He was able to play on. He actually did go off. Um, that was a miracle a spray. Yeah, yeah. But in fairness, Lavelle didn't complain too much when, when he got the red. So there must have been something. And like even when Myler comes off, he goes onto the bench and he sits down beside another one, the Tyrone boys, and he's just like, the second he sits down, he's like, you know, he's mouthing and you know well what he's talking. He's like, do you know, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't take a, a lip reader to, to know what he's saying. I was like, going to say, he needs to learn from the soccer boys and cover them up with the hand. Yeah. Every time the soccer boys are talking, you think, geez, what are they on about? It must be very yeah. secretive there I to be covering them out. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably just saying like, well, how are you? <laughs> That's probably what it is, yeah. I guarantee the cameras are wondering what we're saying now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the... Like sure, McCarran got the red card straight after half time, and Lavelle's was only ten minutes later, so that game was done. Tyrone could kind of just do what they wanted, like from then on. Uh, and she went. It's Monaghan wasn't always going to be down to the last day, and there's going to need to be some bit of excitement with them because that's just the way it always is. And uh, I definitely wouldn't bet against them. The way Armagh are going, I could see them losing, and with Mayo looking good, and Mayo. Like you know, a bit of a dead rubber for them. I think, um, I think Monaghan could could pull it off once more. Yeah, you'd be a, you'd be a silly man to bet against Monaghan, but you would have to imagine one of these years is just going to be a step too far. I I'm with you though. I wouldn't back against him. I'm. I think Armagh going really poor. Tyrone are after turning a corner. That's going to be uh, a tough game. I think it'll be um, won't be soft anyway. I think there'll be a couple of cards flying around in that one because um, obviously Tyrone are in danger too um, there's a lot of teams that can mathematically still go down if results go against them um, an awful lot to play for um, but Mayo as well Mayo and Monaghan I, Monaghan could do it Mayo I there's a part of me that thinks Mayo might rotate players but there's another part of me that just thinks um, no keep going. keep going keep the momentum going the confidence is brimming. There was no Killian O'Connor the weekend. Um, yeah, I be it's it's a very strange one. Like it's hmm. like I be I'd argue momentum's a great thing. And I seen I, I don't know there was a few people tweeting about and they're about the the heavy workload, the big uh, work. I was, if anything, the season now is there's a way less load in it. Yeah, because the load is the training. Training was a nightmare. Um. Like they're gonna play the league final, and when you're winning, it they don't knock a stir off you. No, it you're actually good to go. You're yeah, you're bouncing. It's when you're losing or you lose a game, all of a sudden your legs are a bit that bit heavy for a few extra days. But I think they're going. When, there's not much of a lo- like the load has been taken off because the training's gone. Like you can like the boys have played a lot of games, um, league games, not a lot. There's been a few, but very little training's been done. Mm. Do you know? So that's yeah. your load. Like, and we're all watching the rugby the weekend. Uh, that's a load. Playing them games week on week or every two weeks. Playing a GA game isn't. Do you know? Like, yeah. you see the hits and the the battering the bodies are taking. I I don't know. Like, I, I you hear people talking about peaking and you don't. You're like, I, I, the season is so short. Yeah. You have a maximum of fifteen games. Is it? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. 15 it, games in six months. Yeah. That's if like smart about break it. Yeah. it. Yeah. It's like there's no load anymore. What? The load was when you had eight weeks between league and championship and you had to go 
running for about six weeks of it. Well, that's, that's, what, I gonna, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you have, like, in, in your day, was it basically another mini preseason before the championship league would end and then it's what there like, was, straight there, back there to... Was not, there was not mini about it. It was nightmare <laughs> stuff. It was, like, I remember one year we had 10 weeks. 10 weeks between league and championship. <clears throat> like, you could have gone and toured the world and come back and still had enough time for a preseason. And yeah. I actually, I, do you know, training is so hard at the time. You actually don't go out or nothing. You're so bait from training. Like, it could have been 10 weeks without having any drop of alcohol or going out or anything. And you just, you'd be there going, oh, Jesus, no, training is too hard. It was nightmare. You go through the winter slog to get ready for the league. And you go through the league. And even uh, different stages, pitches are actually better now. But and not that it was that long ago, but the pitches weren't great. Some of them and they were heavy metal and muddy, shitty pitches. And then you'd finish the league and you're like, oh, great. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't have a game for eight weeks. And it like we'd play a couple of club games, but you were training hard. Like, doesn't it just show how, how much better the? I know we were kind of half giving out about it, saying, "Yeah, is it a bit tight?" But like, it's so much better than what it was. Ah, oh, look, I wouldn't wish that training on anyone. I hated it, genuinely. I, I, it was awful because normally, like, even four or five weeks. Like, do you know what? The four weeks between championship games was a nightmare too. It was too long. Um, but preseason, have two preseason twice in a year. That's yeah. that's just mean, like. Yeah. Why, why <laughs> would anyone design? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was it was hard going. No, look, I think it's a bit short now, but like I don't know is there any balancing act with it. Um but I definitely think the load has gone out of training now. Obviously, look, they are training like professionals now when they're at it. Um it is full on for the six months or whatever. But before, like if you were getting to an all Ireland final, you were back training maybe November, December. And then you were going till the end of September. So you had 10 or 11 months where there was no break like. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's six months, seven months. I know we're sort of uh, losing the trail of the running order here. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I'm, I'm interested in this genuinely. I was just, what what is like a hard carry training session back in the name days? Like, like under this Morris or whoever? Like with... I just don't, you know what they're... They're hard to kind of call. Like, they're just, they're different. Like, even some of the games, like, you'd have long running sessions and mm-hmm. then, like, your break would be a bit of football. But the football, yeah. that's not a break. You're running around after the ball and you could be unlucky and be on one of the lads who the runs on, knock a stir off, like, don't I get? <laughs> like, uh, just running sessions. Like, everyone does the same. You, it's only so much you can mix up a run for a run. Is, like, you'd be doing short, sharp stuff. But back then, there was a bit of longer stuff as well. I remember... Um, we were actually on about it over the weekend. We used to, we trained at Dr. Crokes at one stage and I can't remember was it kind of during the league or after the league or when it was, but we used to do these 400 metre runs and there was a lad um, in with us at the time, Philip O'Connor. Man, could he run? And every time you get called into groups, you look around, oh no, Philip is in the group. Like, <laughs> honestly, we used to be doing these one lappers and he was a good lap, or half a lap ahead of me. Like, like, I was like that's not even possible. Like, He'd like he'd take off in a sprint and just keep going and then he'd finish and wouldn't even be blown for air. I'd come back about a minute after him and I absolutely purple. Um 
But yeah, no, like some of the runs, like some fellas didn't knock a star off him. Anything over 100 metres, I was goosed. I needed a couple of minutes to recover. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just heavy metal. It was just taxing on the legs. And like you do your, you do good bulk of weights as well. So like you'd be doing heavy weights on a Monday and a Wednesday and trying to train on a Tuesday and Thursday running. And then the weekend, all right, you might be back with the club. Yeah. And you play the club game and, you know, you go back with the club and there'd be some fella marking you and he would, looking to make his mark and he'd be battering you around the place and it was hard going um obviously you've taken that out now like so the boys are probably better looked after now in terms of the well, load management they they keep track of stuff a bit more but you don't have as many like i always said when i retired it wasn't the games it was getting from one game to the other because you could have three weeks of hard training by the time the game came around i used to be gassed like i would bait fit for nothing so um, I think David way handier now. <laughs> Back in my day, it was way tougher. <laughs> but I do, I do think, I do think it's um possibly the downside to that is you get a hamstring injury and your year's more or less done. Yeah. Um, yeah. you're not coming, you're not coming back. Um, so, but uh, we'll try and get back on track. I suppose we kind of lost the run of ourselves there. Um, Kerry and Ross Common. Um. I was chatting to a few of the boys before the game and I was saying, oh, I have a good time for us, Common. I kind of blow them up a bit on this podcast as well. I think they play a good style of football. They can do the running game, do the kicking game. And about 15, 20 minutes into the game, I was there going, oh, there goes my theory. Kerry are looking good here. Um, first 15, 20 minutes, I was very impressed with Kerry. I thought they were kicking the ball a lot. They were a lot more direct. Um, the pass by Tony Brosnan for the goal was was outstanding unbelievable passing it that's exactly probably why jack has been bringing him further out the field he has that vision he has the ability to pick up pass like that obviously it was a great finish by david as well um but they were they were motoring well very similar to how they were against tyrone and for whatever reason took their foot off the pedal and found it hard to get back at it but um from a positive point of view i think the biggest positive for me at the moment for kerry is tony brosnan um Jack brought him out the field for a couple of games. And I do think there was two sides to it. I think it was a case of, yes, he can do a job playmaking when Shawnee was out and Paddy Clifford was out and he has that ability. But I think a lot of it was, well, is he going to work hard enough for me? Is he going to graft? Is he going to get the ugly ball? Is he going to track back? Is he going to put his body on the line? And I think he's done that. I think we're starting to see a bit more confidence in him as well. I think he's feeling a bit more comfortable. I think if the championship is starting tomorrow, He's on that team nailed on. Um, and he kicked a score in the first half. He kicked three, I think, in the first half. But uh, he got one um, from the left corner inside the 13 going across the goal. He barely glimpsed at the goal. And that was exactly what you'd see down down here in Kerry in County League or County Championship. His shooting, sharp shooting is unbelievable. And it, it was just instinct. There was no thinking. It was no, is there a pass? It was just, got it turn over the bar. And it's only when they showed the replay, I was like, it's just like whoa, that was a ridiculous score. Like the angle, it was Stephen O'Neill esque for Tyrone back in the days. You know them ridiculous angles, one that you're going, he shouldn't be going for that. And then it just sails over the bar. So, um, yeah, good start by Kerry. But I think I think Kerry have a lot to to work on at the moment. I don't think Jack will be too happy. I think, yeah, survive in Division One, great. But I, they're stuttering along. There's something they're just not clicking at the moment. Yeah, like they're not um 
they're probably not going full pelt, but I suppose it's it's a little bit it's it's understandable and you know they were a, a bit later coming back and they're still not going too bad. Like do you know, they probably but, just uh, took no, the foot off the it, gas and thought we'd enough done. Maybe a small bit. The can other you night. can you keep saying we were a little late back? Back a long time now at this stage. It's not like they're only back a couple of weeks. They're back a long time. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I they're still know, maybe I just two weeks behind all the other teams. You know, in terms of conditioning and things. No. Ah, uh, yeah, but two weeks. Like they've all the games played now, and I know. Look, as far as I know, they're going on a training camp, which I think will bring them on and bring on the lads who have missed a bit. But um, and I know a lot of teams I've played against have been quite negative. But I think Kerry are just struggling to get their main players into it. Like, obviously, David has been double and triple marked, and he still kicked one, two, or three, or whatever it was the weekend, and I think it was one, one from play. They're they're struggling to get party on the ball as much as they would like, and I think Shawnee as well. Um, so that's a bit of a worry. So, uh, look, there's bits and pieces to it. I think they're shipping a lot of chances that they weren't shipping last year as well. Uh, I think Jack, uh, look, he'll be happy to be finished league, and in one sense, there's a part of me that thinks he'll be happy that it hasn't been great, that he can give them a bit of a, a lashing yeah. at the end of the league, kind of going, lads, you've won one All-Ireland, get over it. We need to get back to basics because they, like, there were a bit of panic stations at the end. They were lucky enough they could have conceded a penalty. Mm-hmm. Well, like it's a lot of us to praise Ross Common as well. Like They just have a serious, you know, never-say-die attitude. Um, that That's the self-belief in that team is, is, is nearly the best thing about them and, and you can sort of never rule them out. So like, they're, they're just a really good team. So you're, you're going to come up against really good teams, but you expect the All-Ireland champions when they get a league or a lead that they had, you know, that they should be able to not close up shop. They should be able to maintain that and start to control the game at the very least and even uh, peel away even further. Um, I'm not too sure. I, I like, suppose I'm just looking up from a Tyrone point of view, so I'm still... A bit jealous. Like I wish I was in Kerry's position. You know they're handling it better than Tyrone did last season as well. After the All Ireland win, um, it took them even longer to get any form of momentum going, and it didn't even last very long. But uh, I th- Sean Kavanagh said afterwards that he thinks that Kerry need a league final, which is the opposite of what you've been saying, sort of all the you know throughout this league campaign. He he believes that like they're not going to get huge competitive football in Munster. And that the league final would be another chance to help them, you know, catch up and and make up those two weeks that we talked about. Yeah, there's a part of me that agrees that an extra game would be great, but I actually think Kerry at this stage, um, they've won, they've won a lot of leagues in the last couple of years, and they're probably one of the only teams that I think don't need the league final because that might paper over some of the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other part of me is, I do think, like we said, I think they have caught up fitness-wise, but they could do with a bit of a block training, a week or two to zone in on stuff that you can really work on stuff. As far as I know, they're going on a training camp, um, whether it's three days, five days, seven days, I don't know. But whatever it is, the amount of work they'll get done will be massive. And I always loved the training camps because they were brilliant. The speed of football on them was always through the roof. And in the space of a week, you'd get more than a month's training done. It was unbelievable. And the crack obviously was good and the bonding and whatever else, but the football side of things and getting getting yourself up to speed and getting yourself back into form was always good. Um, that's why I don't think they need a league final. Obviously, the extra game, bit of competitiveness 
would be good. I do think, um, obviously, look, we know the Munster Championship it has been poor for a number of years. I think Cork will bring something this year. I think they'll bring something um, dangerous, but I still think Kerry should be more or less cruising through. Um, but I think they need they just need a week or two with the bodies back. Obviously, Gavin White was back the weekend. Big plus, got man the match. Paul Ganey came on. Dermot O'Connor came on. Obviously, still Brian Begley and Stephen O'Brien. Uh, no action yet, so they'll need... Maybe a game, but maybe a block of training for them and a couple of club games be enough. Um, by all accounts, Stefan Acumber could be gone for the year. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Whether it's, whether that's right now, I don't know. I heard. Is that the hamstring? I think so. I think so. I think, and I don't know. The Jack say as well the weekend that Darren Roach, who had a good start to the league, yeah, it's going to be out for a while yeah. as well. Um, he said they're both very serious injuries. You'd, you'd feel for Acumber that he's had a nightmare with injuries. Yeah, and I was chatting to fella. I was chatting to fella yesterday, and he he was there. If you go through all the players that come back from Australia, he said a high percentage of them struggle with injuries come back. But mm. my fear with Stefan, even watching him, he's very athletic. Um, he looks too lean. Uh, he looks like a fella who will pick up knocks and mus- muscle injuries because there's like he's a pure athlete. He looks like he should be on track and field, and like GA you know it is, it's a lot of big hits and. He's a type of fella. Like, will we ever see the best of him? Carry on. It sounds a bit, bit depressing now, just because he was injured once. But since he's been home, he's picked up a lot of niggles. Obviously, won the All Ireland last year. Didn't play any club football because he had his shoulder done. Came back, be two or three games there. One, they hadn't played any full game. Now he's gone possibly for the rest of the year. So it's a big blow for him. A big blow for Kerry as well because I think he showed. In the bit of football that we saw him playing, that he has a role to play for Kerry. Um, he has a bit of everything about him, and he's the type of guy who just needs games. He needs plenty of football just to get the the instincts back. I think that was the only thing lacking from his game the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. that we saw him is his instinct maybe a bit slower than some of the other players because he's missed so much football. But that's a big blow. Like I think it, when you look at teams now, let's say we mentioned Galway and players they might have found. Kerry have only really found Donald Sullivan to come in for a bit of competition. The rest of them, Barry Dan's done quite well midfield. Um, he was there before, obviously. But on that, yeah. nobody else has put up their hand. Um, Brosnan's really just a big plus that he stepped up. Oh, he's he's kind of like he's yeah, a big plus. Um, like. But like obviously he was there last. Yeah, yeah, like he played up to the Munster Championship last year. I don't think he played any part in the All Ireland series, which was obviously a big blow for him as well. So. Obviously, Killian Spillane came on the last day, got a point. He's seen very little action. I'm hoping that Jack was showing him a bit of tough love. Maybe sometimes these things um, can help and put a bit of fire in the belly. Maybe he came on, kicked a good score the last day. Um, so that'll be uh, interesting to see. To see, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, look, obviously, there's a lot more to be positive than negative about with Kerry. And I'm not playing the Yara Yara card or anything yet, but... They, I do think they're struggling to get the best out of some of their players at the moment. Um, maybe that's just down to the tactics that they've been up against. But be honest, if you're one of the teams that are looking at Kerry going, if we're going to win our Ireland, we might have to beat them. They have, like they're getting a couple of wins already, but they're not getting the best out of some of their players um, just yet. They're not getting, no, they're only back a couple of weeks. So maybe I'm just being a bit negative or whatever. But I do think it'd be a bit of a worry that 
they're struggling to get a few of the boys into the game. Mm-hmm. But Ross Common will be very happy. Um, well, they won't be very happy, but look, there's still a chance they could go down too. But they, I think they've shown enough. Um, I think I always think with a team like Ross Common, you need to stay a couple of years in Division One to really set yeah. your stall out. Um, but I think they're, they're probably going into that Connacht Championship, but they were looking at Mayo now and going, Phew. yeah. We're gonna go to Mayo now. Like Mayo are geez, they're purring, like. Um mentioned it earlier about Aiden Shea and I'm delighted for him. Genuinely, like I've openly said I'd be I'd be friendly with Aiden as well. Um and we've preached it with the style of play they played for so many years that it didn't suit him. But who would be able to handle that man top of the square? Um if you're putting in decent ball into him and four points yesterday, man the match. And even the point he got from play, and I think it was only after five or six minutes, Yeah. but it was a subtle little celebration, but it was a clenched fence fists and it was a bit of a yes moment. Yeah. And it was like a, a bit of a relief, maybe a bit of confidence. It was not an extra, most people probably didn't pick up on it, but he has that in his locker and you get a point today and a point the next and next thing is two points and all of a sudden all that talk oh he doesn't score enough he doesn't need to score either yeah. as a full forward with the role he's playing he doesn't need to score but he kicked four three marks one from play you can actually see the confidence starting to grow in him and having him there is freeing up so much space for all of a sudden a Mayo team who don't have forwards all of a sudden there's a couple of lads there who are pretty decent forwards. And then you you throw in the bit of the bulk and the size of Jordan Flynn's and Matty Ruan's. Obviously, you mentioned Aiden already. McDonough's do, doing well. They have a bit of everything about him. And then you have someone like Killian O'Connor, who yeah. isn't playing a whole pile. He's been one of their best players. He's the top scorer in the championship going, hold on a second, I want a bit of this. All of a sudden, he's chomping at the bit. Competition for places. They lose two... Brilliant defenders um, over the summer. And all of a sudden, a few more boys put up their hand. Like, McStayball is absolutely flying. It <laughs> is I'd, say that, I'd say Mayo fans are just worried. They're like, Do you know, we are getting... Here we go again. Like, we think we're going to win the All-Ireland again. But, like, they actually but do. They, they have legitimate reasons to think, like, you know, that they're yeah. they're definitely the informed team now. Like, and but We're all feeling a bit foolish at the moment because we all feel that... If they're playing the All Ireland, if you're playing the All Ireland final in two weeks' time, my money's on Mayo. Yeah, it's hard to see anyone beating them. Just at like at the mo- in in the league, we'll say, do you know if they're playing anyone? You just fancy them, and I know I said Monaghan might beat them next week, but like they're just they're so you mentioned it down. They're just they're all hopping off the ground. Like Matt Ryan summed it up for me yesterday. He was bombing up and down the field, and just like. I remember seeing one support run he made from, I don't know who was on the ball, but he runs from his own fullback and just bombing it like a 200 metre runner down the field. And, you know, he's not the only one. They're all, you see Ryan O'Donoghue back in his own, that lad has an engine to, like he never runs out of gas. Yeah, and you're turning Conroy now as well, like. Conroy got, mm. uh, I think it was for one of, um, he actually set up a point for O'Donoghue, but he, he got a ball around the middle and just took off down the middle. Yeah. Down the middle, yeah. burnt them all. Popped it back, handy score. Genuine, like for a long time. Like, like Darren O'Sullivan yeah. in his prime. <laughs> no. <laughs> a taller Darren O'Sullivan. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but um, for a long time there, we were like, oh, Mayo don't have the forwards. And genuinely, you know, whether they did or didn't, I always felt it's unfair to judge their forwards when they don't get the ball quickly enough. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, you could be the best forward in the world and if the ball is, isn't being kicked in, it's being ran in and there's all these bodies around, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, but now they have this option. They have players around that have pace. They're a good ball winners that are running around. The play. And then you have the other options of the bit of bulk and bit of size and the likes of Aiden, the likes of Jordan Flynn. Dermot O'Connor is flying at the moment as well. Um, there's so many players playing well from it. It's actually hard to keep naming them. Otherwise, you're just going to name the whole squad. But I think as well with the, just like, I think it was um, an interview I read at the start of the year, Paul Gohora, and he obviously has come back in as well. Like, But he was on about the giddiness and the excitement back training. And it, yeah. it, it does a lot for, they look confident. Now, look, we do, we're not going to overhype too much. Donegal are very poor. And yeah. we're going to get on to Donegal. And Donegal have been very poor for most of the league. Barred. The first game against Kerry where Kerry had nothing done and they beat him or whatever. But Donegal have issues, but we'll, we'll go off Mayo now because we don't want to build them up too much. They'll, they'll be going mad. But um, Donegal, One thing though, I want to, I want to give yeah. that Colin Reap a shout out, lads. Like we talk about, we've seen a lot of goalies struggle under high balls this year. I think it was four or five times he came out and just cleaned everyone in front of him and there was yeah. no way the ball was getting past him. Traditional he, goalie there. <laughs> Like, but as a goalie, you have license goal, to kill. Yeah, yeah you need yeah. to be a madman just going straight. Yeah. But like you're if you're the goalie and the full forward or whoever it is is coming in, more often than not, they have their back to you. Yeah. You They're wide up, open up, anyway. Yeah. You go up with your knees, elbows flying because <laughs> you're, you're not going to get pulled for it. No. Do you know? I can never understand why when goalies get kind of brushed out of the way like that, I said, geez, you have license to go bonkers here. Like, yeah, but um, we'll go to Donegal. Um, there's a lot of talk about it on the league Sunday as well last night, and you know we don't know the ins and outs of everything, but it just seems to be obviously the senior team aren't going well. Look, there was there was always going to be a transition when Michael Murphy left, and McBurdy gets injured, so it was always going to be tough. But there's just such a negative feel yeah. around Donegal. It's like they're doing their washing out in the open. Um, I don't know, like our, our old buddy uh, Eamon, no, it is a pity he went around to, well, maybe it's not because he'd actually got a town in it, I'd say. I'd say it likes of Eamon, no, it's so disappointed and mad with the way things are going. Like, like the likes of Carl Lacey, and the boys talked about him online, um, on TV last night, he's extremely qualified. He, yeah. like, the top of his game of what he does. Obviously, then you put on, he was one of the best Never mind defenders, one of the best players Donegal ever had. Mm. Um, was part of an All Ireland winning team. Player of the year that year? Was player of the year, yeah. He, did he have three or four All Stars as well? Oh, he's bound to have. Um, yeah. 2011, um, 12, 14 for sure. Yeah, he def- I think he's four. But anyway, yeah. um, he has this plan in place to bring. Donegal to the next level and in fairness Sean Kavanagh he, he made quite a good few points last night but he's he talked about the committees and stuff and look, we don't know a whole pile about the committees but there is such a divide between the playing group and the committees that kind of run it yeah. and to be honest like some of them committees aren't fit for purpose anymore fellas are on the board with 
20, 30 years, whatever it is. And unfortunately, the way the game has gone, you need people, professionals now running GA clubs because the volunteer side of things, it's great. And, but it's, there's a money involved as well. And yeah. I don't know, look, obviously we don't know. And you could bring on 100 people from Donegal and 50 might say, in Carl Lacey's side and 50 might say the county board I just think it's an ugly it's an ugly um, it's going to leave an ugly mark um, like that Rory Rory Gallagher as well was to, to be involved as well and I know him and think, speaks very highly of him obviously Jim McGuinness came out in an interview and did he need to come out and say that I don't think he did um, I don't know. I don't want your thoughts on it. It's a hard one to talk about a whole pile because we don't know the ins and outs of it, but it is, it's it's an it's an ugly mark for Donegal. And I think the fact that it's happening this year when they were always going to struggle this year. Yeah. This year was always going to be a struggle. But I think you would have got by on struggling. When you lose certain types of players, you know there's going to be a year or two where you have to find new leaders and whatever. But I think if you had the right structures in place underage or underneath and you knew look we sometimes you have to go backwards go forwards but at the yeah. moment you're looking at them going they could free fall here that's it because like you're waiting like no one would argue this season is if, if it was oh this is going to be a transition season but it's not even that you know they're, they look like they're even failing to to do a transition and i know jim mcginnis yeah he came out and said he offered to be involved and uh, they didn't actually get back to him but he's had issues with the donegal county board before i read his book and he talks about how after they won the All-Ireland in 2012 and um, the county board then changed the whole league structure in the clubs so that they would play like their championship alongside the actual championship or something like that. But it meant that the club football was at its most intense when the county football was at its most intense. Um, and he couldn't understand why they went over his head to make this happen. He, he said that it felt like they were nearly sabotaging him and the team for whatever reason. And he quite often actually went in terms of sponsorship and for money and for like for hotels and buses and whatever else, he he would ring people himself to try and you know get that under over the line and he would say don't give any of the money to the county board like these are all the things he said you know and that's that's how you now look he could maybe be the most paranoid person in the world I don't know but that's how distrusting he was off uh, that county board and it's sort of like when it rains it pours because when you hear that yeah. when they're playing poorly like that and even with injuries and whatever else and the stuff off the field is so bad as well like there's an under 14 Donegal team that just aren't playing at the minute you know them boys are just they're yeah. missing a year of football it's a disgrace but it's it's sad they're they're look Donegal are going to lose out in the long run but it's the young lads who young you know it's the young kids that are playing and you know, they want to play underage with Donegal and like I said, they're the ones losing out. So look, hopefully they can find some bit of a resolution like that. I, I Jim McGuinness probably could have stayed out of it, yeah. being honest. And you know, like I said, you read his book. I wouldn't have read his book after hearing that. You're going, is this another way of just throwing another little dagger in there as well? Yeah. Um, maybe could have done without it. But look, it is a messy one. Um, they're getting relegated. Um. But I think that's the least of our worries, to be honest, at the moment. Um, and I suppose, look, we've kind of gone in and out of topics there, so we'll have to fly through some of the other stuff. But um, Dublin and Mead, um, Mead are in trouble. Um, they haven't had a good campaign, but look, they survived. Um, and look, Colm was on about patience. Look, he, like, I praise him at the start of the league. He came in putting his neck on the line, but um, 
they went toe for toe with Dublin for a, a very brave call yesterday. Uh, didn't work out, but uh, lots and lots to work on for him. Dublin are Dublin are stuttering along. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about Dublin. To be honest, they're doing yeah. okay. And I, yeah, it's hard to kind of judge, isn't it? Like when they're playing again in Division Two, but. Yeah, the, I think the, that could yeah. be a two. Like the one thing you could say is like Mead were just Mead made it very easy for them the other day, in that they were they were so open and like they were kind of bombing forward and didn't really a bit like headless chickens. They didn't really know what they were going to do with the ball. They were kind of running into traffic and getting dispossessed, losing the ball really easily. Like and like you just don't do that against Dublin because they're going to punish you, and that's what they did at the weekend. Killing O'Gara was probably the the star of the show, but it was just it was all it was all too easy for for Dublin whenever they got the ball. Mead lads were kind of they were going forward and they weren't even they weren't getting back quick enough. Like they were just they'd lose the ball and it kind of dilly dally like and sure Dublin ate them up and yeah it was it was far too easy. You you don't you don't really know how like I I think Dublin are going well and I still think they'll be. I'd nearly have them as favourites to win the All Ireland, but um, oh, it's a big know. call. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's your story. Do you know what? You're <laughs> living in Dublin too long. That's your problem. Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's so open this year, lads. You know. Yeah. So it is open, and I just think it is very open. We all expected it to be open. I didn't expect the standard to be this poor. Really, the standards. Been, oh yeah, I think the standards been as poor as it's been in the last five or ten years I think bar Mayo this year yeah um, Mayo yeah, and Derry yeah. Galway slightly in it as well um, but like Derry are in Division 2 as well playing a poor side of things so bar Mayo who are consistently playing um, the stronger teams I, I don't think the standard's been good I think it's been a lot of the games have been quite hard to watch as well um, we tend to, I think we've gone back to a negative style of football Um during this league for whatever reason I think uh, but look we won't go into that just just yet but uh, Kildare finally got a win as well um, Dara Kerwin got a, a cheeky goalie uh, yeah. not everyone can do them back heels you know not everyone can do them <laughs> I, can't think of a, I can't think of another player at all that they ever did it <laughs> Limbrick are brilliant at getting the back heel goals against uh, <laughs> but he was very good in general I thought he was good all around but some of their play in the first half was very good yeah uh, Kildare now Limerick looked all over the place but Limerick actually should have got a couple of more goals as well and mm-hmm. it could have been a tighter game um, it could have been and Glenn Ryan was sort of saying that afterwards he thinks that just maybe the confidence in Kildare was so low and the pressure so high that they were maybe making mistakes that out of character well not out of character this season because they've been super but um, they finally got the ball rolling in that regard and really it's it's more of a negative story towards Limerick because you know, it sort of came out that the reason Ray Dempsey left was they, the players themselves, didn't agree with his man management, which is a, a brief call to say after so early in the league, a new manager. and yeah. I mean, are they just writing off the season? Could they not have persevered to the end of the year and then had a meeting like that? Yeah. I mean, what, it's what, a what strange are they expecting? One. Yeah, I, it's a strange one. I suppose a part of me is just thinking over the last number of years, six years they had Billy Lee um, and they were on a great momentum and Billy and I... I we had him on the podcast before and he's a really nice man like not saying uh, Ray isn't but he's a really I'd say he's a really open guy and they obviously had this fella Billy for the last 
five or six years and get a new manager and he wants to bring his own ideas and sometimes when the momentum's going your way and then there's a change you go we don't want to go this way oh this has been working well for us so i, I don't know audience now it's a brave call to come out and say that um and it's hard going i don't know ray dempsey to be honest but he must be a good manager he he, he had a lot of success at club level um but sometimes things just don't fit but it is a strange one three quarters the way through the league for this to happen um my fear for Limerick is I don't think they'll have a good championship now either. Um, and I hope that the momentum that they would have built up up to this point won't disappear um, because of it. Um, I actually know Mark Fitzgerald who's gone in as the manager now. He's a good guy. Uh, Rattley's man was a good player, very good soccer player as well. Um, so I'm hoping he's was okay there. But it's a tough one for Limerick. Um, and my other monster compatriots Clare got relegated um I think they were very unlucky this year um should have got something out of the, the Kildare game and the Dublin game but um yesterday now I think it was 50 minutes uh took them to score um don't see that too often it was very unlike them I just think maybe the confidence had been sucked out of them I think they probably knew going up to Derry that they weren't going to get the win that they needed um Niall saw um it was a sad end yeah. for them it's nearly a testament to Derry as well because when they did eventually score, uh, the second point is coming to me now. It's Emma McMahon, and it was an absolute beauty. Like, and nearly just shows you have to do something special, not even to score a goal, but to score a point against Derry. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Even Keelan Sexton, right at the end, you know, maybe a token gesture goal, and they still managed to scramble it away. Geez, that was unbelievable by Chrissy McCaig. Just one on one. It's it's like he was basically the goalie for that. And Keelan Sexton running in on top of him. And he just used his feet brilliantly to kind of confuse Sexton. Then Sexton bounces the ball right in front of him and kind of gives McCaig the chance. And he got the ball away then. But uh, it was brilliant by McCaig. But the one thing I noticed was the second he got the ball out for 45, he looks over at the... I'm not sure which Derry lad it was that lost the ball. But he gave him the biggest debts there. Like, you know, you shouldn't be losing that ball putting me in that situation. So, um, geez, that's yeah. Derry are going fierce well. They're going well and, you know, even getting the club players in so soon after they lost as well. I think it was a case of, right, we need to just keep building. We need to keep going. And they're just going in the right direction like that. Some of the teams that play in Division 2, maybe the standard hasn't been great, but their level of consistency, their level of focus like that. Um, the game was done and dust yesterday. They're still defending that goal, that pride of not conceding a goal um, is huge. So, look, they're, they're definitely contenders. As we said, on farm, you have Mayo, Derry. It, they've been very good this year. Like that, the standard maybe not as good. They're playing against Galway. Then there's a three or four others. Um, so it's going to be interesting like that. Um, a league final as well, Derry in Dublin. And this is going to be the biggest contradiction Dublin will beat them, in, beat them in the league final. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Why? I don't know. I, I just <laughs> think uh, it'll be in Crow Park. I think the Dubs aren't getting much credit. I think... Um, it is hard to see Derry beating them twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think Derry will have got their aim of getting promoted. Yeah. Um, 
Gary will be playing loud anyway, boys, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true, sorry. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just something in me that goes, you can't write Dublin off, to be honest. Like, a bit of a contradiction, because they haven't impressed me. They've been quite poor. But I just don't think you can write them off. And they, I do even going back to last year, uh, when Kerry beat him without Conor Callan, they played so poorly in the first seven, possibly, maybe, could have, should have, what, could have, could have won that game. Um, so they still have quality all over the place. Even the late goal they got against me is Basquiat's run, and he was after running a good seventy meters, and then he pip- popped it across for a tap it for a pammed goal. That's Dublin. Yeah, I'm yeah. after doing all this work now. I'm trying to get my place in the team. Go for goal. Go for goal. Ah, it's a handy one. Pop it over. Yeah. That's Dublin. That was That's class place. The second yeah, dummy was, brilliant. was just to sell. The oh, second was one was lovely. Yeah. yeah, it was a brilliant run, but it was it was the easy part that I liked. It was he's trying to get his place in the team. If he sticks that in the net, my God, we're talking about that goal for the full hour of the show. But no, there was a tap in, and that's what they always did better than everyone else. Um, so it's only when they start doing small things like that, little decision making, you start going right. That's that's more what we expected. It's not not spectacular popping the ball across the six yard box or tapping, but it's it's making the right decisions consistently, which I don't think they've done over the last couple of years. Um, they probably give more license to be a bit more individual. But um, yeah, look, I think we're in for um, a very good last weekend of the league. I think the league finals will be interesting. Um, it's, it's it's gearing up nicely. I think the sound has been poor, but teams have to start pulling the finger out. Um, just before we finish on the armating, I'd rather lose playing well than lose playing that way. Do you know? Like, yeah. If you're going to lose, at least lose getting the best out of your good players instead of finishing with what ifs. Do you know what? If we actually played to the, our forwards, potentially we might have had a chance. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm going to love you and leave you while you uh, talk about the, the shtick. The shtick and the small ball. Okay, now it's time to move on to the hurling. And the big game this weekend was Waterford v Kilkenny. But you weren't too impressed with this now? No, um, it never really got uh, got going, Lee. Um, in fairness, Kilkenny will be will be happy. They got the job done and they're into the, into the league semi-finals now. They'll play Cork next weekend. But um, as a game, it was it was poor. It was I think a lot of people have been given out about hurling. <laughs> Is it getting a bit more like football? Everyone's in and around the middle third. I think everyone's trying to play a bit like like Limerick and just moving the ball with short passes. But they're not able to play it as well as Limerick, and it was breaking down. Um, it definitely broke down a lot for Waterford yesterday. Um, like when you have a man like Desi Hutchinson, one of the most deadly inside forwards around, when you have him out in kind of midfield picking up the ball, just laying it off, it just doesn't. It kind of it just it saps the energy of I I think from the whole team when you when you see something like that happening. And David Fitz was talking after the the game. You know, he was saying, "I'm only in the job four months, and I'm not going to change the world overnight." Like and like maybe like. Do you know that's a bit of an an insult to to Liam Cahill and, and the work he'd done like this. Liam Cahill had them in an All Ireland final. They were the league champions last year, and I know they had a a, a bad uh, Munster championship where it all went kind of 
belly up. But like, it's not as if this Waterford team are a bad team. Like they've they've brilliant players, loads of brilliant players, and and young players as well. The likes of you know Caleb Lines, Desi Hutchinson, all these lads like top class players. So um, this fighting for Waterford, they're out of the league um, now. Um, listen, maybe they did they didn't want to get to the league league semi final or final after what happened last year, but they certainly haven't been impressive. Um, I think Ty De Burka was was their best player yesterday, but there wasn't too many lads um, who were you know brilliant alongside him. Um, Kilkenny weren't exceptional either, but they didn't have to be. Um, none of their players scored more than a point from play, which kind of, I think, kind of sums up the game. Um, Billy Drennan was was brilliant, and you'd have to say he's kind of been the the standout, one of the the breakout players of the league. But yeah, look, it wasn't a a brilliant game, but um, Kilkenny got the job done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other game, Wexford lost to Limerick as well. Uh, Roy O'Connor out as a sweeper. That's a confusing one. That was a confusing one, yeah. And I know um, Wexford fans were were understandably um, a little bit confused uh, about that one. Um, look, Roy O'Connor is one of those players. He's so good and he's so fast and fit and so good in the ball that you could play him anywhere. But, um, you know, Wexford, our team who, like, they don't have forwards grown out, you know, grown out... You know, they don't have forwards popping up the the whole time. Um, so you know, when you have a lad like Roy O'Connor, you put him I would say you put him in, in and as close to the goals. Maybe even if it's wing forward, you know, just have him have him inside and within range of, of the goals. Um but look, Limerick, you'd you'd always have expected them to beat Wexford. Um and they did. They beat them by eleven points. They were aided by, I suppose, uh like Mark Fanning was was poor for that um second goal, which is um definitely a bit of a worry for Wexford that it's not the it's not the first time he's um made a mistake like that. But um yeah, uh Limerick are playing tip now next weekend and Kilkenny against Cork, so you probably would say they've been the the four best teams in the league. So maybe maybe they they'll um maybe those games will you know the league will will finally take off um next week when uh when we see it in 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 knockout I suppose. But the the rest of the games um probably went along expected lines. Tip beat Antrim, um Galway beat Westmead by twenty four points. Dublin beat Leash by um. 14. You know, it kind of sums up the league in that the kind of imbalances there in Hurland. There's probably just not enough teams at the at the very top level. Um, I suppose uh, talking about Dublin, you'd have to give a shout out to Donald Burke. He's uh, 12 points again yesterday. He's 155 in in five games now in the league, which is an average of just under just under 12 points. So he's a man um, that's really on fire, but. Um, yeah, that's nearly all from the the hurling side. There's uh, <clears throat> Westmead and Leash are in that uh, relegation playoff as well. So Leash are usually a good team to kind of step it up when it comes down to the the real, you know, do or die stuff. So maybe they'll do that again. Um, it, it was another <clears throat> big hurling game uh, in the the Crow Cup final. 
which is the All Ireland Schools um, hurling final and St Kieran's College. Even though they didn't win Leinster, and they've done this a few times, they come back and win the All Ireland. And you know, I, I'm I'm not sure how many it is they've won now, but they're the the most successful school in the in the Crow Cup by miles, and they always seem to peak. Um, at the right time. I know Brian Dowling, the Kilkenny Camogie manager, he's a teacher in their school and he's their um he's their manager. So uh it was a great win for them. They actually lost to um they lost in the final last year. I'm nearly sure it was against Art School uh Reach, a brilliant Art School Reach team um in in Croke Park, but it was a, a great bounce back for them and uh the the reason, the main reason I mention it really is because <clears throat> the goal, they got three good goals, Anthony Ireland Wall and Ted Dunn um, got got very good goals. But Donna Murphy's goal, he's a a player who there's been a lot of talk about um, in, the, in the last while. He's from Mount Leinster Rangers in Carlow. He obviously, he goes to school in Kieran's, but he got an unbelievable goal in this final. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, we have it up on the GHO page on um Twitter but uh definitely worth watching. Picks up the ball around the half forward line, zips onto it, flicks it over one lad's head and then as the ball drops down, he fires it into the top corner on the as a drop shot like off the ground. It was sensational. Get even a, a football lad like yourself uh going, <laughs> Lee. So that's how good that was. Yeah. That, that must be pretty good. Um, I'm going to have to give a shout-out to the Oma CBS who won the Hogan Cup in a, what was a pretty dominant display. But that's all we have time for today. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to the GAR. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs>